both of your time. It's all good. It's Jiggy Baby. While you've been out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it Call it a day You're all ready for The Bowfinger Show Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I am your host, Austin Pryor, formerly of Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, and my guest is, of course, Luke Allen. Hello. You nailed that, that intro. That was... <laughs> and I hit it in spots. It sometimes flows. Um, today, we ruminate over Minute 82 of Bowfinger. Minute 82 is a pity party with the cast and crew sitting in Bowfinger's house. Um, so, I've just got a question that is kind of, that arises from this minute, which is like, yeah. Bowfinger is a pretty bad guy, isn't he? Um, so this is this is something. It's interesting. It's something that I explored um, in in briefly in the, in the week that I was on. But like, yes, he is. But everyone behind this project, maybe except their poor screenwriter, everyone behind it has their own egos and their own lies they have told to flatter their egos behind this project. So I, yes, he has kind of the one big lie that drew them all together. But they are all hiding certain things and lying and and twisting things in order to get what they want out of the situation. So I feel like I don't see him as bad as as um he could be because everyone has kind of proven that little bit. So um two wrongs or in this case multiple wrongs make a right. Is that it Luke? Is that what you're saying? Within the reality of this film, yeah. two, two wrongs are, are making it. But I, I yeah, think, it's, well, it's I think, just... no, I think you've nailed it as within the reality of the film because that that's how these things work. It has you have to like it's all about how you mm. paint the characters, and if you and if you painted them all as an innocent, like Jif was talked about earlier in the movie, um, you know, uh, when when Bowfinger suddenly discovers he develops a conscience, um, that like. And because we have seen Bowfinger's conscience, I think helps soften it as well. It's like if somebody did this in real life, they would be like, this is really, really bad. Exposing people legally and, you know, bringing them to the set under false pretenses and getting them to do work for for like, you know, again, under false pretenses. Because the whole gamble is if this whole thing works and I've got Kit Ramsey in a movie and it, like it never could have worked anyway as is discussed we'll, we'll get to that in a later minute with the with the kind of question of needing permission but um, yeah if somebody did this in real life they would be like a real bad guy but like in the movie world 
we we soften him by making him just so generally he's just the the trick is he's played by Steve Martin you know what I mean he's yeah, just so likable and it's like we, there's you could give the same lines and the same characteristics to so many other actors and you wouldn't like them no yeah because <laughs> you would just see this sne- sneaky manipulative behavior and you wouldn't it wouldn't be attached to any charm you know and um and then and the other side of it as you addressed is like you kind of um not demonize but but sully the other the other people and show that they have like yeah they're they're looking to get something out of this and um i mean yeah it's so let's go through them like they because they go through it in this minute they talk about you know i wasn't working i wasn't looking for work because i thought i was working so like that's a financial impact he's like you know working for Bobby Bowfinger so he's not gonna get paid and like that's that's a big deal for actors who are like in a precarious job and they're not you know they, they have to go a long time between it is, paychecks yeah. as someone who's been in um, many of the film crew and actor Facebook groups yeah this isn't this isn't uncommon uh, an actor doing loads of work to find out it was under false pretenses and they wow. suddenly can't get paid up and everything else it's it it happens a lot. There is often a you know, please make sure you avoid so and so because da 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 kind of yeah, yeah. thing that, and that, that they see around. in these chats yeah. all the time. I actually yeah. have experience with that as well because I, I was thinking about that. I was I was just watching this scene and kind of thinking at the level of self delusion that these guys had to have had. And again, I don't want to get into like victim blaming because you know the Bowfinger is the architect of this, but like everybody here is like um but everybody here has the reason for being here and they're what, what i'm just kind of saying to them look around you're in a guy's house this is not an international you know bullfinger international pictures is written on the, above the door you're in you're just in a guy's house and he's not rich and he's not influential and you think he is because he tells you who he is you know you want to believe so there is like self-delusion and there is like a buy-in from everybody here and um and as you say Ephraim or Aphram is like he's kind of portrayed as being he thinks he has met a big a big shot Hollywood producer and he's not in the business the way you know Christine Baranski's character is or 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 the um Jamie Kennedy character you know uh, so you, you can kind of see more innocence there but bottom line is they've all seen a lot of signs that this guy is full of it and they're ignoring it and going with it, you know? And yeah. uh, and that just made me think about, like, especially the thing about, like, you're, in a, you're just in a guy's house. And it's like, I've been in this position and I never really kind of connected it with a real-life Bowfinger situation before because it's like I, I was in a film... I wasn't in a film because the film never got made. It's not. It's, it's not a film. It didn't happen. But it was in a. Uh, I. I was involved briefly in a filmmaking project called uh, Troubleshooters, and a good lot of people, like in the Irish film business, uh, which I am on the periphery of the periphery of. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't. I'm not in that area. But I. I know some people who know some people. So, like, uh, I, I'm not trying to give give myself. Um, you know stolen valor or whatever but uh yeah. i'm in 
I'm in that I, I I was in this this film project where I had to play this like kind of Russian gangster but it was in like it, this very heightened reality it was in a movie called Troubleshooters and there was like there were an international gang of kind of kind of superheroes without superpowers kind of like they were they were like a paramilitary like cool team and they all had their specialties and stuff and he had this like sprawling vision and nobody for the movie and he would describe different bits of the movie but nobody ever saw a script and it was this guy who I won't name him but but he was he's well known and all of this came out that he was a scam artist and he was doing yeah he was doing all sorts of other scams later on as well so it's like I don't mind talking bad about this guy yeah. because he's a scumbag you know but he's like when when I was in this movie and he kind of uh, you know I had dreadlocks at the time and I was just kind of uh, a bit of a hippy dippy so he liked the look of that and he's like you've got to look I'm going to put you in this movie and um, I really only ended up going for a little bit of, of filming but I went to meetings and I went to like his house where he was doing a whole production meeting and it was so one day he'd be like fixated on getting everybody's makeup right and he put me in this makeup I looked like you know like somebody out of the band Kiss or something you know it was or, or like a wrestler hmm. he, he put me in this I was like so I'm supposed to be a Russian gangster what is this you know and then when he was filming me I was just going like you know I'll destroy you or some stupid line like that and I was doing like well what will I do a Russian accent and he was just like no just do like it's like well I can't really do my own Irish accent and he's just just do like uh I said, well, I just do like a movie accent. And he said, yeah, yeah, just do a movie accent. <laughs> and I was like, I will destroy you. <laughs> you know? And um, and there is footage of me somewhere like with my top off, uh, uh, like and this and, and my dreads hanging down and doing uh, and, and holding these like really cheesy, bad, like replica axes with skulls on them that broke during the the sheen. everything about it was just mm. so two bit and thrown together but i i was involved purely for the fun of it and i like movies and i nobody i yeah. didn't he didn't promise me any money um but then it started to kind of go sour when other people i spoke to were like oh be careful of that guy you know he took me in for like a make uh, this this woman I was talking to was doing makeup in movies and she said like oh yeah he took me in for a makeup audition which first of all isn't a thing you know you don't you you yeah. you show your show reel when you do your makeup and you get hired on the strength of that you don't yes, or, or you yeah. have photos or whatever but you don't go and do a makeup audition so he got me to work for free basically on the promise that I'd be on the movie and I never heard from him again and blah 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 and then I, and then I heard, and like by the way, that makeup, the the, the wrestler style makeup that was on my face was like, was was applied by this guy, the the director, producer, visionary, fantasist <laughs> that was behind the whole thing, you know. So I was like, I thought you had a makeup artist, you know, um, and he was like, no, 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 she wasn't. I didn't like the work she was doing. So I was like, okay, so you're doing this yourself, great, great. Um, so he was. Yeah, this was like just, it was all just for fun for me. But when it started to go nasty was like when I started to hear stories about like other people 
that he had hired people who were professionals, you know, and um, and that was you know that was when it started to kind of get nasty. But yeah, like so, for example, years later, I was um, in college doing product design, and there was a guy who had done like prop design who was coming in to talk to us, and um, he was yeah he was showing us his like binder with all his like photos and stuff and i noticed that he had done some prop work designing like laser guns and stuff for this um this troubleshooters movie and i was like oh you worked on troubleshooters and he goes yeah i go uh did you get paid he said no <laughs> so it was just like it was a known thing in the irish kind of yeah movie scene, you know? there, there are things like that going around here but then you know there's the other side of things where sometimes just being honest about your level Yes. Is fine. Yeah, just being like, "Hey, look, it's a it's a fun project. I don't have much money. Yeah. I'm looking for favors out of people. Any chance, give it a go." I mean, I've done that a few times, and most of the time, you get people who like, "Yeah, sure, I've got a couple of free days. Yeah. Like, why not?" Absolutely. Like, it, it's and when you pretend to be something you're not, and then you're revealed. You know, to, to there's just no point. Like, no. just just be honest about who you are and and what you've got, and sometimes it grows greater with that. You know. Um, yeah, and you can build up a group of people that you trust and you build a chain of trust and you build something that, um, you know, uh, that then you can turn into stringing people along for years on end so that you have this crew who you can drag into your crazy scams um, <laughs> in, yeah, in the Bowfinger uh, case. But yeah, no, but in real oh, life, no, you, you can do all this decently. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And yeah, you know, I've I've also been on so many little tiny independent projects that have grown massively i also think with this minute it's one of the first times other than briefly in the last minute that we've seen like the full ensemble uh cast or a large part of it and um i just want to reiterate how, how great is heather graham in this movie um yeah and, uh, and christine yeah. baranski it's just yeah it's such such a fantastic um cast you know they're mixed in with some of the lesser known but it does truly feel like the crowd of people you meet on a film set. And I think it's... The cast yeah. also does fully feel like 1999, or at least my concept of what 1999 was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, like, this film, I think, does feel like a 1999, the kind of visual aspect of it, and the the people who are there do feel like, you know, late 90s people. But the the movie itself, the premise... And the execution feel a lot more like an 80s movie. It's a very kind of heightened, like, um, con man kind of scam thing. And it's just like movies that, you know, Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin would separately have been in in the 80s had a lot of these elements, you know. Uh, like, Charming Huckster is a big kind of thing in 80s movies. And, and like, and Eddie Murphy himself was the kind of charming huckster in Trading Places, you know. And uh, he was running scams on the streets and, and using his charm and using his uh, talent to um, to get ahead. And then, um, and of course, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels shares a lot in common with this movie, with Steve Martin doing running scams. And, you know, those kind of movies, the, the, there weren't other movies in 1998 or 99 or 2000 that had this feel to them, you know? And that's what's so kind of 
remarkable about this film is like this movie has no business being this good you know and I think a lot of um, a lot of like the my joy in it is kind of saying like wow look you know you see guys you can do it you know (laughs) because both Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy had slowed down so much in terms of their like comedy the, the energy of and creativity mm. of their comedic output and you know the Steve Martin was just kind of I think they were both kind of just settling into doing more like family roles and more kind of middle of the road things um, that just didn't have much of a spark to them compared to this you know and um, and when I originally heard about this movie I just kind of dismissed it I was like I don't want to see either of those guys you know who are past their prime and not, you know, I don't, I don't want to s- sit there. And then my, my brother happened to see it and he was telling me like, you know, oh, it's, this is, it, it, have you seen Bowfinger? It's great. You should check it out. And I'm like, really? Bowfinger? And I said, what? And I was like, what, what's it all about? And he was just telling me a bit about the premise. And he kind of sold it to me based on like some of the dialogue from the Kit Ramsey introduction scene. And he's talking to the agent and stuff. And it's like, when when my brother was you know describing to me that like this you know nice knowing you cliff and the guy he's got to know his name is cliff and that he's on a cliff mm. we're trying to make a movie not a film and it's like <laughs> i just thought that was so so i mean it's so ridiculous first of all that you know somebody would think that having having a joke that's a bit too clever puts it puts a movie into the category of like high art like an art house film which is what we mean when we talk about the distinction between movies and films you know um and then but just using that phrase in itself just seemed like oh this just kind of kind of seems like a smarter movie than i would have thought you know what i mean yes and then yeah. i was like uh, and and it it delivered on that while also just being like so silly that i was just like yeah this is i mean the um the poster and stuff for the film as well doesn't do much to say what the film's about. It's kind of no. just here are these two names that we know are probably enough to to get you in to watch it. But I think yeah. what one of the things that fascinated me is that Steve Steve Martin has so clearly um got a, a great level of understanding of the indie film world, but like yeah. I don't know how, because <laughs> I, I, he doesn't. I it's like skimming through his filmography. I, I didn't see him do like a ton of like low budget indie things, but like yeah, he knows it inside out for to make. But I don't. Yeah, but I kind of think this is like what Bowfinger is doing. Definitely is independent filmmaking, but it's also kind of he thinks he's Hollywood, you know, and that's he's yes, he's that's operating yeah. as if he's like bigger than he is and that's his whole vibe and um and the type of film he's making is absolutely not uh Sundance fair or whatever so like in some ways it's like really really unlike indie filmmaking you know I know our chatbot Bobby Bowfinger is like really emphasizes the independent filmmaking aspect of it a lot um but like Bowfinger doesn't see himself as indie. He sees himself as like, you know, I, I'm I'm making a big, broad appeal, you know, alien invasion movie with Kit Ramsey. You know what I mean? That's what that's what he 
wants to be and 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 the method of you know being the thing you want to be is just like fake it till you make it and that's um so like i think there's a lot of you know there's a lot of guerrilla guerrilla filmmaking and there's a lot of um uh tropes from the independent filmmaking world but i think you just kind of pick up those stories in hollywood and i think you know uh, and and I'm sure a lot of it just comes from imagination as well. Knowing yeah. knowing how real films and are made, how would you do it if you were scrappy and had no resources? And you know all of the fun ideas they have about like, you know, use holding up a signboard will work for food, but it's but it's a foil background, so it works as a as a um a light emitter, or a, a light scattering or whatever, and like just and the film is just full of those inventions about faking it you know what i mean um so i kind of think he's like yeah he's just imagining filmmaking and then taking away the money you know that's that's fair and it's like um i think to some level even though this is obviously heightened i think everyone wherever they are in the film industry is fake it till you make it yeah you know, yeah. everyone kind of exaggerates things to the right people you know twist i mean i remember um what was it we were I think it was when we were talking about this pilot. Um, and we were kind of... I, I was trying to get some someone on board the project. And uh, later that week, I was in Bristol for a networking event uh, with uh, Film 4 for something. And I knew that if in the conversation to these people, I was like, oh yeah, we've got loads of meetings for this project. And next week, uh, and later this week, I'm off to see Film 4. That is all true. Uh, but... yeah. The, what you connect, yes, um, the the image that that conjures in your head, yeah, is and and I think you know that I don't do that sort of thing often, but also like that that's what everyone does in this industry to a level is yeah, what order can I put these facts <laughs> to, yeah, to, to make yeah. it sound like they're greater than they are, um, and yeah, it, it kind of it, it's. That's yeah, and I mean, like, I, like, there's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? No. And it, and it's, and you're not, uh, you, you, you always want to project, um, you know, image of success and all that kind of thing. You know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have, mm. etc. Um, that like, because that's, you know, that's how you achieve. But it's when you stretch that to, um, to like an extreme. It's it kind of, it relates to this whole kind of thing that came out of like, um, there's like a New York side to it, um, and a and a LA um, a California side to it, uh, where like in the late seventies, early eighties, there were these influential books and influential thinkers, and like the California side of it is more the kind of new age. Um, you know the guru influence thing, and you know like people like Steve Jobs going over to um, uh, to India and and stuff like that, having these influences coming in, and then on the East Coast it was more influence of like power of positive thinking and you know manifesting and all of these kind of ideas that have come out of that, like the the book The Power of Positive Thinking, I think is late seventies, and like there's a there's a line you can draw between that and Donald Trump, you know, because like Donald Trump's dad was like heavily involved with that uh, I forget the author of the book The Power of Positive Thinking and this was like all about believing and doubling down on your belief and like the 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 kind of the positive version of that is like keep focusing on your goals and dress for the job you want and and like just imagine that and, and like work towards it 
the negative version of that is like if you're somebody who already has power um you will like just double down and you will end up like steve jobs with his reality distortion field and go around firing people because they can't do things that are uh, impossible and nobody can do them anyway and then you know and then or 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 donald trump um obviously steve jobs is not as bad as donald trump i'm not you know i know a lot of steve jobs fans around so i'm not gonna go, go down that road but um but like you know trump just you know believing you know i'm a winner you're a loser and this is so it's like it's it's that distortion of these ideas especially in the world of um politics in the world of of filmmaking you know where it's just like um manifesting and doubling down on your beliefs and it justifies all sorts of toxicity and all sorts of awful behavior if you're like making a dent in the universe and making your mark and and being you know being this kind of difficult genius you know what i mean i'm scattering around a lot of ideas there because this is just like this is just a, a cultural thing that is kind of yeah prevalent in the states it's not as much it's not as prominent over here you know i mean it's true and i think you know this it, it's a conversation starter as well it's a, it, it'd be an interesting thing to kind of explore more but yeah the film industry especially um with, with you know, as kind of say about people kind of heightening everything, but similarly, you know, if it's awful to say, but if you got rid of the egos uh, in the film industry, there would be no film industry. So <laughs> half, half half of the whole thing is is flattering people's egos, balancing the seesaw of of talent yes. and their egos, keeping everybody you know, happy, make, making them feel like, oh yes, we appreciate you. Aren't you so great? Aren't you so lovely? But also, you're not that lovely. You've got to listen to me, and kind yeah. of like balance it out, which is. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I found I'm better as a writer producer than as a director because that's a lot of <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff to balance on set. But it's, it's a lot of spinning yeah, plates. It's it's, um, it's it's hard, and I've I've seen people, you know, and I have a lot of respect for people who who manage to do that very very well. Yeah. Okay, so um, unless you got any more notes for minute eighty two. No, I don't think so. So I'm calling it. That's the end of another Bowfinger Minute. Listeners, you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. And if you have time, please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, There's a group on Facebook called Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listeners Center. And on Twitter, we're Bowfinger Minute. We'll be back tomorrow with another Bowfinger Minute. In the meantime... Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we will see you again. Because there's always one more show. There is Show Jiggy Baby